0: John chapter 4 and we're going to read just three verses this morning and it is February and uh, this is next week we will celebrate Valentine's Day and uh, so I figured we would just preach on love for the next two weeks so 1st John chapter 4 verses 8 through 10 if you would stand to honor the reading of God's word please this morning and if you are here, like well, once again, let me say I appreciate that and uh, putting forth the effort to be here this morning on, on what is not necessarily the best morning to be out. First John chapter 4, verse number 8. If you're there, say amen. Say amen a little louder than that. You've got to make up for the folks that are not here. Say amen one more time. There we go. That's better. First John chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says this. It said, He that loveth not... Knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins let's pray father we love you and God we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning and Lord I just thank you for each one that's put forth the effort to be here God I just pray that you would bless them and Lord as the word goes out in this sanctuary this morning God I just pray that it would be multiplied but God most of all that it would be anointed God I just pray that you would use me as your vessel this morning God move me out of the way And Lord, let me simply become a vessel for the Holy Spirit to work through. And God, as this message goes out, and I know people will be watching it uh, on the internet and on Facebook or or wherever it may be, God, I just pray that you would bless it even then. God, bless the folks that were not able to be here this morning that would love to be here. And Lord, I pray that everyone in in this sanctuary this morning would just say thank you for the opportunity to be in your house and meet with brothers and sisters. I'll give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech as I try to preach this morning. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'll tell you a funny story before I get started. This uh, And then it don't really have anything to do with the sermon, but it's about the slightly smaller crowd. I heard about a preacher one time that was preaching a revival in this little country church. And uh, one guy showed up for the revival that night. Just one man showed up in the entire uh, for the revival. And so the preacher got up there and he said, If, if uh, there's just one man here, he said, I'm going to still preach the message that God has given me. And so he got up there and he preached for an hour. And that man was sitting there and he said, Amen. And so the preacher preached for an hour and a half. And, and the guy said, Amen. And so the preacher preached for two hours. And the guy just kept saying, Amen. And so finally the preacher got up and he went to the back and dismissed the service. And, and he was talking to the guy. And, and he said, Well, what do you think about the sermon tonight? And uh the guy said, Well, he said, I enjoyed it. He said, But let me tell you something. He said, I'm a farmer. He said, and when I go to feed my cows, if only one cow shows up, I don't give them the whole bucket, okay? <laughs> but but there's enough of you here, you're gonna get the whole bucket this morning. Is that all right? So we get to we get to first John chapter four this morning, and uh we, we get here and, and I want to give you just a little background about John. John is the guy that wrote uh, five books in the New Testament. In fact, besides the Apostle Paul, he is the, the most, wrote the most numerous books. And he wrote the, the Gospel of John. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. And then he also wrote Revelation. So this is one of five books that he wrote. And John, he was in a unique place. See, John had actually been with Jesus. The Apostle Paul had seen Jesus on the road to Damascus, but he was never actually with him. But John had spent about three and a half years following Jesus around. And so John refers to himself in the the gospel of John as the disciple that Jesus loved. And John was actually the only disciple that when Jesus was dying on the cross, John was the only disciple that was there. And we know that because uh, Mary was there and Jesus looked down from the cross and he looked at John and he said, he said, Behold thy mother. And then he looked at Mary and he said, Behold thy son, referring to John. And so if, if any of the disciples had a unique perspective on, on love and, and things like that, it would be the apostle John. And, then, and I'll go ahead and tell you just for, for next week that I'm going to preach on love next week, but in a different fashion. But John says this in, in verse number 7. I'm going to read it, and, and we'll pr- probably preach on it more next week. But he said, Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of love, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And then he follows it with this very interesting verse, verse number 8. And he says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Now let's open that verse up and let's unpack that for just a moment. He says something that's very, very straightforward. He says that he that loveth not knoweth not God. Now it would be very, it would be an understatement if I was to say that there's not a whole lot of love in this world. Would you say amen to that? That it seems like that, that more and more love is, is something that we don't have and that people especially don't have towards God. See we live in a world that's full of hate and full of violence and full of sin. And he says that he said, if you don't love, then you probably don't know God. And then he gives one of the many attributes of God. He could have said that for God is powerful, for God is omnipresent, for God is, is, is omnipotent. All these are the things he could have used to describe God, but he said, "For God is love." Now you see that in that scripture, if you have your Bible open and you see it, it, the way he said that, he says God is love. He doesn't necessarily say that God does love, even though God does love. Amen? But he wants to bring it out and make a point that God is love. That God is where love starts and where love ends. And then we go on and we read just the next verse and. He says, in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And so there's several different usages of love in the New Testament. And many of you have probably heard this. And I'm going to go over it just real quick. How many of you know where your Bible was interpreted from? Anybody? What language was was it interpreted from? It was interpreted from Greek, right? And so... When they interpreted the Bible, they didn't necessarily separate all the words. And so this love right here, he's talking about the love of God is a love that is all-encompassing. That the love of God, it it, it basically encircles us and it consumes us and it, it takes us fully as we are. It says God is love. See, the word love in the world that we have today has been very misconstrued, hasn't it? And we use it so commonplace. How many of you have, have just in, in everyday conversation, we say that we love things, don't we? Daniel will, will be doing something, and Daniel, you can ask him a question. Daniel, what do you love? And he'll say, I love to play guitar. Right? Would you say that? And, and you can ask a lot of people a lot of things. Cecil loves to sing. Joanna loves to teach. Amen, sister? She loves it. I mean, I can tell by the look on her face that that it's just the highlight of her life to get up every day and say, man, I get to go to the White County High School and see those hoodlums and teach them something. And we say love, we love, we love, we love. But the thing about it is, is, is we don't really love those things, I don't think. At least we shouldn't love those things. See, love, it, it, we, we have different kinds of love, and one of the loves that we have is, is called eros love, E-R-O-S, and that means that, that we, it's something that we lust after, it's something that we just like to do because we think it's good and we enjoy it, and that's not the kind of love that God is, not just that God has, but that God is, and then, and, and, All these words are absent. And then you have phileo love or phileo love. Anybody ever been to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Phila, P-H-I-L-A is Philadelphia, and it's the city of brotherly love. And that God just does not love us as brothers. God doesn't love us just just a little bit. That God's love is all-consuming. Do we understand that? If you do, say amen. Do you understand about God's love? I've met people... And as I talk to people, and, and I love to talk to people, and Lacey's laughing at me right now. She says, you're an introvert and you don't like to talk to people. I like to talk to people about the Lord. And one thing that I've heard over and over again many numerous times is, is somebody will say, you know what, I don't think that God can love me. They'll, they'll say, if you, if you knew what I've done in my life, you'll think, no, God can't love me. Because I've done this, this, and this. And sometimes they'll be secretive about what they've done. And sometimes they'll just tell me. And and just to be honest with you, I've had some people tell me what they've done in their life. And it embarrassed me. Made me blush. And I think, yeah, that's, that's bad. And if it was up to me to love them like God does, I couldn't do it. But God loves differently. Because God is love. And so these people will say, does God love me? So let me give you just a couple of things about God's love and then I'm going to preach about actually our love towards God. It says in verse 9, it says, in this was manifested the love of God. And so this is how love actually came to us and this is how God showed His love. It says that in this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Does that sound familiar to you? Sounds sort of like John 3.16, don't it? That John wrote down John 3.16 as well, For God's love, the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And so John penned both of these things. And so the first thing that I want you to see is that God's love, there's no condition to it. We're going to say that God's love is unreserved this morning. I want everybody to pay attention to this and listen to this. And if if you're about to go to sleep, wake up and listen to me, okay? There is nothing that you can do to earn God's love. And there's nothing that you can do that God will stop loving you. We need to understand that. That God will love you unconditionally. Unconditionally. Whether you're lost or whether you're saved. See, a lot of people have this this preconceived notion that God only loves Christians. And let me say this morning that God does love me. And if you're saved this morning, God absolutely loves you. But if you are not saved, if you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, God still loves you. Just exactly like He loves everybody else. God's love is completely unreserved. It isn't that, that He just loves a select group of people. And I'll say this, we talked a little bit about it on Wednesday night, that there's a belief system out here that God is only going to save certain people and that other people He's just going to send to hell. It's called predestination. Anybody ever heard of predestination? And that, that belief of predestination, by the way, we don't believe that in this church. We believe in the free will of man, right, that anybody can accept Jesus and if predestination was true, that would mean that God would have to not love you enough that He's willing to send you to hell by, uh, by His choice. But God loved us so much that He said, whosoever. And so we see that God showed us His love, so His love is unreserved. And his love is also undeserved. Wouldn't you agree that I do not deserve God's love? Would you say, you don't have to say that about you, but say that about me. Say, Seth Price does not deserve God's love. Some of y'all will just want to say that real bad, right? But I can look out into the crowd and I can look at people like Joanna and I see Mark back there. Mark Apple and Joanna and, and Marty, we don't deserve God's love. Nobody does, but yet he gives it anyways. God is willing to give it to us anyways, even though we don't deserve it. You know why I don't deserve God's love? Because deep down, I am a fallen man. Just like you are a fallen person. And we have this awful disease in us called sin. And even though we've accepted Jesus, and even though we're born again, it is still in us, and that nature to do wrong is still in us. And in spite of ourselves, God loves us. And we, we can't. it says that if you, if you don't love, you must not know God. And that He sent His only begotten Son that we might live through Him. And then verse number 10, look back at your Bibles if you still have it open. If you don't, I'll read it to you. He says, herein is love. So John, this is what he's saying. This is what those three words mean. He says, herein is love common. That's what your Bible says. He said, so in this verse, this is what love is all about. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us. See, not everybody loves God. Not everybody looks towards God, and and not everybody is going to do that. Nobody in this world fully can love God, but it's not about how much you love Him. It's about how much He loves you. And I'm glad that sometimes even though I don't show that and sometimes I don't live that in my life and you think, were well, you confessing that you do wrong? Sometimes, yes, I, I do. My wife would say amen to that. People that know me would say, yes, sometimes he messes up. But God still loves me in spite of that. And let me tell you about this. You can go all through your Bible. And I've read, I've read the Bible several times, Genesis to Revelation. And it's kind of strange that you'll never find in your Bible one time where God actually looks at somebody and says, I love you. Did you know that? Anybody that's ever studied the Bible, now now hear me out. I'm going to finish. If I stopped right here, that'd be bad news, wouldn't it? But if you read your Bible, you think about the, the, the exchange that God had with Moses at the burning bush. Or you think about the exchange that God had with Abraham or that he even had with Adam and Eve. And all these exchanges where God himself would come and would commune with man. Not one time did God ever give somebody a command and say, oh, by the way, I love you. I want you to understand this, that love is not just something that we say. And that's why it has the, the, the statement, I love you, has just been so watered down and it has been just overused so much that it almost does not mean anything. And so let me tell you this about God's love. It's not that God is, just has to say, I love you, but it says that God shows us every single day how much He loves us. See, true love is not just said, but true love is actually shown. Would you say amen to that? It's not just about speaking it. It's about actually living it and about about that. And so it says that God loved us so much that he didn't just say, hey, by the way, you're in your sins and I still love you, but I'm not going to do anything about it. God said, I love you so much. He said that I'm going to take care of you and I am going to save you from the the ultimate judgment and I'm going to give you my son to be the propitiation for your sins. He said, that is how much I love you. God showed it to us. And I believe that that's a, a lot better. And it's, it's worth a lot more than God just saying it to us. Amen? You know, I, I, I love my wife. I do. And, and I love my kids. And I love my family. And I'll tell you this. I don't, I don't ever tuck Shaylee in bed. I, I tuck my daughter in every night. If you're, if you're a dad and you got a daughter, tuck your daughter in bed. Right, man? None of y'all men tucked tuck your daughters in bed. we got a problem then. I believe in, in tucking my kids in, but I kiss her on the forehead every night, and I hug her, and I say, I love you. And I kiss Barrett, and I tell him I love him. I love, I, sh- I mean, I show affection towards my kids. You may, you may think that's crazy, but I think kid, you need to tell kids you love them. You say amen right there. If you've got kids, you've got grandkids, say you love them. But don't just say it, show it. Because I can say all day, I love you Lacey, I love you Barrett, I love you Shay or I love you to my dad or my sister or anybody that you know I'm supposed to love. I can say it all day, but what if I said that and then I didn't do anything? If I just threw them to the side and I ignored them and I didn't listen to them and I didn't do for them like I should, that wouldn't be a very good example of love, would it? And so we see that a lot, and we see, we see kids that are broken these days because their parents just don't show that they love them. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, I'm not trying to, to pick on anybody, but, but I mean, we're having that, that, that foster dinner, you know, the Upper Cumberland Foster Closet. And the Bible says that we should take care of orphans. But there's a lot of kids in the foster system and a lot of kids in dealing with with DCS issues and all that. That it's just simply that their parents do not show them that they love them. And that's because we live in a broken world. But see, if you were to stop and say, nobody loves me. A lot of these little kids would probably say if you ask them, does somebody love you? And I've heard adults say that, that nobody loves me. But let me tell you, God loves you. And God cares about you. And God cares about you so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross for your sins. And so we see those wonderful attributes about God's love. But here's the thing about it, is I believe that God expects us to reciprocate, don't you? Because it's one thing for God to say that He loves us and it's one thing for God to do all these wonderful things and send His Son to die on the cross for our sins. But it's another thing for us to love God. See, if you go over to John chapter 3, and and I won't probably read it, but it says, love not the things of the world. It says, don't love the things that are in the world. He said, "But, but we're to love God. And we say that, don't we? We can say, and, and we'll say, well, I love going to church. I love going to church. Do you love going to church? Man, I enjoy it. I woke up this morning, and, and Lacey loves snow. She does, because she's a teacher. And why do teachers love snow? Because they get out of school if there's snow. That's a no-brainer. And we, we got up this morning on our back deck. Lacey grabbed, grabbed a tape measure and ran out on the back deck in her bare feet. Do you believe that? That was smart, wasn't it? She ran out on the back deck and she said, man, there's three inches of snow out here. And for Tennessee, that's a blizzard, isn't it? I mean, these Missouri folks, they're like, that's nothing. But for Tennessee, we're like, wow, we, I hope we got bread and milk somewhere because we're about to be at home for a while. But then I thought, wait a minute, it's Sunday. Today's church day. And I walked out the front door, and I smiled. My my driveway's concrete, and it was covered in snow. But I looked out at Burgess Falls Road. And God had spoke to the state of Tennessee, and they had sent a scraper truck down to my road this morning. And my road, and Burgess Falls Road was as clean as you could want it. And I said, thank you, Lord, that I get to go to church this morning and go get to be with the people of God. But it's not just that I love church. See, I mean it this morning, I love God. And we say that a lot of times, and if I ask everybody in here that claims to be a Christian, do you love God, obviously they're going to say yes. Nobody in their right mind, if the preacher says, do you love God, they're going to say, well, I'm not sure about that. Hey, the jury's still out, let me get back to you. You would automatically pop it out, yes, I love God. But you know what, I think sometimes as I watch people, because I like to watch people and just see how people act sometimes, I think that we love, we are more in love with the blessings of God than we are with God Himself. We all like blessings, right? I like God to bless me. I like it when God does things for me and God's blessed me and, and just looking out over the crowd I can tell, I know many of you God has blessed you. But let me tell you just telling God you love Him and, and just walking off to me is not good enough. It's not the way that a Christian should live. I believe that you should show God that you love Him. And even though we're not capable of the kind of love that God has we're, we're, we're actually incapable of all encompassing love. Because I would say about 97%, that's a very exact statistic, right? A lot of our love is conditional. I love you if... Even I've seen it in, in spouses, I've seen it in parents, I've seen it in, in different kind of people, that, that when somebody messes up or when somebody makes a mistake or does something that you don't like, then that love wanes and that love goes away and we begin maybe to not love somebody as much. It's not all-encompassing, it is, un, it is conditional. But we should love God unconditionally. We should love God even when things are not going our way. I've seen people that that a lot of things weren't going their way and and maybe they've had financial trouble and they've been sick and all these things are stacked up against them and you know what they say I still love God. So I want to read you a verse from the book of John. The other book of John, not 1st John, but but the other John. John chapter 14, Jesus answers a question. Somebody says, "Well, how can how can a man show that he loves God. In John chapter 14 verse 15. Jesus said these words. And it's really simple. But it's really profound. I like stuff that's simple don't you? I mean I, 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 I go by K-I-S-S. You know what that means? Keep it simple Seth. Some people say keep it simple stupid. But I'll call it keep it simple Seth. John chapter 14 verse 15. Jesus said if you love me. Keep my commandments. Do you hear that? If you love me, keep my commandments. It's that simple. It's more than just giving lip service to God. It's more than just saying, I love you. Should we say, I love you? Absolutely, we should. But I believe that every single day of our life, we should be showing God that we love Him. By keeping His commandments, by doing what he's, He told us to. If you want to know what the commandments of God is, just open your Bible and be, uh, almost open it to any random place and you'll find a commandment or a, or a precept that God has given us. And if you will do these things, you can show that you love Him. It's the month of love, right? Or at least it's supposed to be. And you may, be, you may be feeling lonely this month. And you may be saying, well, I don't have, I don't have a, a girlfriend or a husband or a wife or a boyfriend or whatever the situation is. But you know what? That's okay. Because God loves you. And you should love God more than any human relationship that there is. You should, you should actually, and, and I say this very cautiously, you should be in love with God. Amen? Amen? You say, well, I'm a man, and, and, and ain't God a man? Well, Jesus was a man, but, but God transcends gender, all right? There's, there's you know, the, all, we've got all these gender battles, right? Is there more than one gender? Well, there's men, women, and then there's God. He transcends that, amen? Would you say amen there's only two genders? I know that's a little off topic, but say amen. My goodness. But God says, I love you, and he says, herein is love, Not that we loved, because we didn't always love God. We don't always show that we love God, but that He loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So we'll stop reading right there. And I want you to just dwell on that for just a moment. About how much God loves you and how much God cares for you. And if you're not saved this morning, I would tell you this, that, that if you, you're the worst sinner in Cookville, Tennessee, and you may very well be, I don't know your heart, God still loves you. You know what I've seen God do? I've seen God save people that were addicted to drugs. I've seen God save people that were alcoholics. I've seen God save people that that were murderers. You know, I've seen people in prison that... that, that fell in love with God, even though they had all this great sin, understand that nothing can separate you from God's love. I'm going to read that too. That's not just my opinion, that is Bible. I'm going to finish with Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 31. It says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? And then verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? And verse 38 says, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord nothing can separate you from God's love no person can separate you from God's love guess what you cannot separate yourself from God's love if you were to stand up and declare publicly that I do not want God to love me you know what God's going to do He's going to love you anyways because nothing can separate you from the love of God so this, this week and this month, as we go through Valentine's Month and, and we think about love, I want us, as, as a church, I would challenge you as your pastor, hey, fall in love with God again. You remember what Jacob preached on last week? He, t- he talked about sometimes we leave our first love if we're not careful. But God should be our first love. I should love God more than I love my spouse, my mother, my father, my sister, my children. We should be in love with God. Show him that you love him. Let's pray. God, we love you. And Lord, I I want that to be more than than empty words. God, I want to show you every day of my life that I love you. And I know that sometimes I fall short. And sometimes I make mistakes. and, And there are things that I do or maybe things that I say that are not very loving towards you. God, I ask you to forgive me of those things. God, I know this morning that you unconditionally care for me. And that you love me. And there's there's absolutely nothing I can do to separate myself. And Lord, if there's anybody lost here this morning, God, if there's anybody searching or or wondering about what they need to do or, or what life is all about, let me say this, that it's all about loving you. That's why I was created, was to love you. God, I pray that you would help and that the Holy Spirit would work this morning and that, God, you would move in this service and let people understand just how much you love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.